Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the TKZ Outdoors podcast. We are covering part two of our DIY Wisconsin trip from last November. We get into the latter half of our week-long trip with the guys really honing in on their selected areas that they chose to hunt. We hope you enjoy listening, and hopefully you can pick up some tips and also build yourself up for your first out-of-state experience. Thank you so much again for listening, and we hope you enjoy. Then me and Cody, that same day, um, I saw my biggest buck of the trip too. Um, we were doing the same thing, getting getting settled for that mid morning to you know through the day shift. And I we went to the same area, but I found a an onyx. I was snooping around the night before, and off another corner of that field, there was another draw or point that came up to it but it was more gradual it's bigger you know so i'm like oh that looks pretty cool it's not as drastic of a of a slope as the other one i'm hunting so i went went and walked off the edge of that field and down that point and found a spot and like oh yeah it looks like you know good trail here so i got three sticks up there and get my tree stand hung and i see movement coming up <laughs> up the point and i hear burr I'm like great you know what do i what do i do you know i'm hanging off the side of this tree hanging my tree stand it's you know 10 30 or 11 in the morning or whatever it was i don't know um and this 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 130 inch eight pointer one of the biggest bucks i've seen in a long time um comes up this this point and he's he's just grunting along sniffing branches i think he rubbed a tree and I'm still just hanging off the side of the tree just watching this guy. And he cruises out in front of me about 35 yards away and goes down the other side of the point. And by the time I got set up and tried rattling and grunting, he was probably a mile away by then. But that, like, Ryan, like your encounter, I mean, that just gets you fired up. And that that's why you deer hunt right there. Um, and that's why we went out of state to just have an opportunity to have an encounter with that and to have a couple nice bucks like that seen on on you know the same day um it was, it was worth the trip just to see that deer absolutely you know like you know those deer you know especially the one i seen that's a world-class deer man that's like a tv deer you know you don't ever see those like normal hunts like what we do or whatever on our own and just to see a, a world-class you know whitetail on a do-it-yourself and magazine awesome. cover buck. <laughs> a magazine buck yeah it's a magazine cover buck and uh just to do that by looking at maps having onyx be your guide and and doing it all yourself was just like man like it, it was justifying uh, to me as a hunter you know just to be able to hunt a deer and put myself in, in an opportunity to have uh, have a chance at one don do you do you recall what what you felt the time length was on that deer was it sort of like a wide fairly like maybe 10 inch maybe g2s and then descend down or do you recall sort of what the rack looked like yeah it was he was outside his ears he was probably i don't know 18 inches and his tines were probably that eight to ten inch and then you know eight inch you know just a really really solid buck probably a big three-year-old yeah um the reason why i asked so 
I know why you're asking. <laughs> yeah. Well, that night, that night I hunted uh, the same spot I, I did the night before, and I had a my I actually saw my first buck of the whole trip, and that was pretty cool. It was a you know fairly decent heavy. I would put him at year and a half, but all the potential in the world to be a a nice deer. But it was a heavy six point, but it had like you know eleven inch tines or so on the backside. Maybe you know I exaggerating a little, but maybe nine ten, but. It, it was, you know, it was a stout deer, and I had a little fun with grunting them and getting them to come in close. Got some footage of them. So I was, yeah, I was getting a little more optimistic, too, as the week went on. But, yeah, as we as we go along here, I got a feeling we, you and I may have seen the same deer, but it's hard to say. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. All right, Cody, what, you, what was your day, what are we on, three or four now? Day four, yeah. Yeah, well, like you said, it was getting... (laughs) Like you said, it was getting colder. Um, So I was using a heater bodysuit so I could hike in light layers and then, you know, get in there, get up in the tree, climb without too many layers on, too, and be getting all sweated up. Um, And then I could throw that on. So it was was nice. Um, But day four, I ended up... The wind completely switched from the previous day. Couldn't sit in the same tree that I wanted to. There wasn't a whole lot of options across the trail um, that I was hunting where I could really find a good tree. I finally settled on one after right him and Han for way longer than I should have. Get up in the tree, get all settled in, start putting on my heater bodysuit. I think I had one leg in, kicking out in front of me, and here comes a, I think it was, yeah, it was a, it was a small buck, yearling buck, chasing a doe down the trail, and uh, I, I heard I heard like footsteps. Looked up, and she was just locked right onto me, busted. So, which is too bad because she looked like a mature doe that I probably could have tried to shoot. The buck was probably too small, but uh, yeah, they they busted me as soon as I got in there. So, I think after that, I might have seen that doe fawn again from the previous night. But that was it. It was. Everything was moving right when we got in, and then shut off for me. All right, guys, I might have misspoke on my buck story. I think he was the third day, not the fourth day. So, sorry about that. Not that that it's a huge deal, but it does throw off my rest of my week's hunts. But (laughs) it's been a while now. It's been a while. I know. Um, I mean, we've been talking about doing the Wisconsin podcast since, you know, November, and it's, what, April now, so. (laughs) (laughs) I do know, I I think we were all, everybody took the turn on the the whiskey, so everybody's got their first round in for the week, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, so I think, um, so my day three would have been, I saw that buck. Day four, I sat that same spot, didn't see anything. Um, and then I think, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but that four to five is when the weather started to switch and it started to get really cold. It did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we got, got a bunch snow, of snow. We got snow overnight, right? That was the on the fifth day, night of the fifth day, we got the snow. The night of the fifth day? Yeah. Yeah, my yep. story of the week, there wasn't any snow yet. Okay, so um, let's move on to day four or five or whatever whatever it was. So I know, um, Russ, mm-hmm. this, this would have been the day of your encounter, so take her away. 
yeah so so i was i was feeling that area but i thought well i'm gonna i'm gonna push a little farther i've been working hard all summer getting ready for this and and uh we sat down again once more on the onyx and we started looking at some other spots well there was another huge draw and this this land was a huge old wheat field and it had some stubble and some green stuff in it in the middle of this field it was probably close to 60 acres plus and then it was like an l shape and then it was like another 80 acres to the west and i decided to just go straight north off that road go right over top of this hill and there's a, a little set aside it was probably 10 acres and then the, the land just fell right off right to the bottom of a swamp down near a road and uh i got up on top of that entire ridge walked over there found those draws again and i didn't know how far exactly it was so i was unsure that night so i didn't take my tree stand i just wanted to go in and then uh sit in the corner and just sort of half scout half hunt that night so i get into that crp and right away i find a tree stand and an oak tree and i'm like well i just made me a little nervous i just just didn't want to i didn't want to set up underneath it. it it looked old but just trying to be respectful like you guys said and then there was this there was this edge uh fence line and it had some trees in it that i could have sat in too but the wind was wrong that night and or sat down on the ground so i get up near this this old tree stand and i get up in this deadfall and i just tuck myself in so i'm kind of looking southeast the wind is actually coming west it's a west wind so it's blowing out into this this stubble field and the crps to my right well the point the plan was is this big deer trail i found this two it was a really good sized dew claw track and i could see actually the back two points from the track in the mud yet so i knew it was a heavy deer that was on this and it come right up over the top of this right in the back corner so so i sat to the north of it these deer were going to come out hopefully from my right to left come out into that field to feed and i would catch some movement was the plan hit the camera camera was pointed out get them on a quartering away shot before i got winded so i'm you know how it is we we went in early and earlier every day too we went in well i think i was in there by 11 11 30 so get in find my spot settle in get tripod set up and i'm sitting on this deadfall log excuse me beer got me and uh working my way through i'm hunting you know how you're hunting in the middle of the day but you're not hunting and you're paying attention, but you're really not. So I'm just looking, appreciating the huge view, the beautiful blue sky, um, nice little breeze. Squirrel to my left, you know, usually how they do about three feet. You know, Cody, I don't know where you were at the time. I was thinking of you. But uh, I was busy. Yeah. <laughs> and I just nonchalantly looked to the right and up, up the hill from out of that one draw. All I see is just tines. And I'm like, holy cow. And he's walking, he's looking left and right. And he's coming right on me, like right 
perfectly right in my face on a string. So I instinctively reach over, hit the camera power button. Camera's pointed out. Deer's going to walk right into the frame. Wait for a second for the camera to turn on. Hit record. Saw the red light. Take my, I waited. I still had my hand near the camera. And the deer looks to the west. I'm like, okay, this is perfect. I take my hand off the camera to grab my bow. And as I did that, he literally turned along with my hand and locked eyes right on me face to face, like 35 yards away. He's outside his ears. He's got 10 inch, 12 inch back tines. He's got about three, four inch brows and he's just heavy. And I would put him right at that three and a half. That's why I was asking you, Don. <laughs> I just, I don't know if it was the same deer. It didn't matter at that time, but what, what a beautiful sight. This deer is just locked on me, blue skies. And he just, and, and of course I froze my hand halfway to the bow. And he just, nah, he didn't really like what that was. Went off. I grabbed the bow, drew, grunted at him. Well, now he's probably about 55, 60. And I don't do that. My, my max range is 35 yards. And I'm working on getting better at that. But these deer in Michigan are so skittish that you take any farther shot than that on the field edge, you just don't know what their body reaction is going to be because they can react so fast. It's not like... You know, they're so wired, so I keep my shots in fairly close. I, I come to full draw on him, and he just got a little nervous. He didn't even put his tail up. He just went off head high, went right back the way he came. You know, I sat down. I'm like, man, you, you're here in Wisconsin. You work so hard. You know, you, you found this deer, and you've seen this deer, and you're half asleep. Like, what's the matter with you? <laughs> I was a little, a little hard on myself for a little while, but... Again, that's hunting, but the thrill was, was wild. Played back the footage really quick right after the experience, and he didn't walk into the frame. He missed, he missed the camera frame. <laughs> so I couldn't even get him. I couldn't even show you guys what he looked like. But the, the beauties of self-filming, especially on the ground and, and cover, hey? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If he'd have come five more steps, he'd have walked right into the camera frame. He was that close. <laughs> but, uh. I was super jacked up. Well, then it got a little better in that area as we went on, but I'll I'll let you know a little later. How about you guys that night, Brian? Um, my hunts the rest of the evening or the rest of the week weren't nearly as good as the prior. Um, I went back to that same location um, in that snowstorm, and I ran into a bunch of turkeys. There was about 30 of them. Uh, no deer that evening, um, so I I climbed down, went across that big open uh, grassy field on top to hunt a different draw in a different ravine, and uh, just got beat up on snow. And again, these deer are like ghosts, man. Um, it was just about dark. I'm starting to wrap up um, my stuff to climb down, and a, a deer <laughs> came out of the bottom of that ravine. Came right up the trail. There was a huge um, rub line that came up from um, the top and went all the way to the bottom. 
Um, I don't know how big this deer was. It might have been like a four-pointer or something like that, but he snuck up on me in the snow and in the dark. Um, but that was about my action for that day. I spent more time searching for a spot because um, where I had seen that monster, that mega giant, the wind was all wrong for that area. It was terrible. It was blowing right down into those ravines, and um, I had to move and change locations. And, yeah, the rest of that evening for me was, was poop, so not very good. <laughs> I actually, like you said, I'm recollecting, recollecting too what happened, but I – Actually, that night wasn't the end of it for me either. So that was like 2 o'clock in the afternoon when all that went down. I stayed till dark, and just before dark, I had these two does come out into the stubble field to my left. So they were actually a little bit downwind, but they really didn't really care. All of a sudden, this third deer comes out, and it's getting dark. Um, It's almost getting too dark to even film. And I had some scent hanging on my downwind side some of this estrus scent and that bugger comes out and he's like a six or seven pointer and he's probably two and a half and he comes out and he's in full rut mode and he bumps these does and all of a sudden he must have caught a a waft of this this scent and this doe he's pushing her to me and all of a sudden like these deer come within probably about 20 yards of me and I can hear him clicking and snapping his jaws and he turned around and his front paws were hitting the side so hard that it would echo even as the wind was quitting. You could hear it echoing as he was pounding towards her. And eventually he rounded up all like two, another little fawn doe come out too and go fawn and he, he rounded them all up and he just took off east but you know, two bucks in one night, I, I was pretty, pretty jacked up. <laughs> That's awesome, huh? <laughs> yeah, it was. I was to see that running activity was really cool. Just he, I was just waiting for something. I was waiting for that eight to come back out here and say, "Hey, buddy, come on." You know, that was mine. <laughs> that was mine, exactly. So that, and I, I can sum the rest of the week was just I. I on a different spot, hunting along some corn. Donnie, you guys can take it away from there because it obviously picked up for you. But I, I enjoyed the rest of the week. Went hunting in the snow, ran with some other hunters. And the cool thing was that whole entire field that I was hunting, he said this is the first time in like six years it hasn't been corn. So we got a little bit, you know, got in there just at the right time to even hunt that area because it's it was would you say a little less than a mile back in there it was a pretty good walk it was yeah i mean it was it was it was a field but it, it was a long walk and it, and yeah, it was, it was fields been flat even up top there either so mm-hmm. yeah and he said they they just corn on corn and corn and corn and uh so that was kind of neat to hear and be able to go do that so cody what was your midweek sit there Seriously, that was day five, so that was when you and I, you brought up that there was a really cool property that was private property but open to the public that you wanted to check out, and I was a little hesitant because I was really, really, I really liked the orchard spot and really wanted to hunt it, but decided, all right, let's go check it out, so we went early morning, went to the to that property 
um, went and started walking around and, and we couldn't, there was just zero sign of anyone else hunting there. And we couldn't believe there weren't, you know, two trucks parked there. It was just phenomenal. It had standing corn, um, a drainage basically between two cornfields. And then, I mean, all the edges and that drainage down the middle had scrapes and rubs and nice beat down deer trails. And I mean, it was just, it just looked phenomenal. Um, so you kind of, you said you wanted that eastern, back eastern corner and, I really like the little drainage going in between the two fields. So we basically created a game plan right there. I think we ran home, grabbed our stuff, came back, and sat for the rest of the night and the rest of the day. It was still pretty early at that point. Um, I sat, I think it was probably 4, 4.30 or so um, without seeing anything at all. Um, and then I was sitting sitting in my stand and I, I was looking over, you know, you could see the corn and, you know, at this point there was zero snow on the ground, the sun setting on the corn. I mean, it was just absolutely gorgeous. You could see for miles because um, we were kind of on the face of a ridge. Um, and all of a sudden I see this one corn stalk, I don't know, 100 and... 120 yards away um, just started shaking back and forth and it was a few rows in from the edge and I was like yeah it could be a deer but it's probably a coon that's my luck it'll be it'll be a raccoon you know and uh waited and waited I could see it moving out there and then every 10 minutes or so it'd get you know 10 20 yards closer and it kept working down that that you know three rows in coming down the down the field and finally it's starting to get close and yes you know i I better get in get in position just in case i'm sure a coon's gonna walk out but i'll get i'll get in position so i stand up um yeah get my release on sitting there and right where right at the edge of the field i had ranged it earlier was was 30 yards so i'm like all right i'd use my 30 yard pin so i didn't forget anything and uh Pretty soon, you know, the last corn stalk shaking, and I see a dark object, and I, I swear, I was like, yep, yep, it's that coon. And all of a sudden, the buck steps out, and I didn't, I didn't count his points. I didn't, I, I just knew, yep, yep, that's big enough. <laughs> I'm happy. Um, so when you guys asked me later, I was like, I, I honestly, I'm not sure. <laughs> I think he was a nice eight, but he could have been a six. He could have been, it might not be that great. So, um, yeah. It went from like a, a year and a half old buck to a four and a half year old buck, all in the same sentence. You know? yep. <laughs> I just I don't know why I, I could not picture it in my head. I just knew that when he stepped out, there was no question, you know, that I was going to shoot him. But I just it, it was as soon as he stepped out, it was like, all right, look look behind the shoulder, let's try to get a shot off and get drawn back. So ended up uh, drawing back on him, you know, at thirty. So I'm thinking, all right, thirty yard pin, thirty yard pin, but he. He didn't stop, and he angled towards me, and by the time I let go, he was probably closer to 20 than 30, and I didn't switch my pin. So I ended up hitting him a little high, um, felt absolutely sick. You know, I, I saw the arrow hit. It only went halfway in. It didn't even didn't even pass through, didn't even poke through the other side, um, which was pretty <laughs> disappointing. Um, so I see this deer with this shot, you know, a little high, arrow half sticking out of him and he just just shoots away so he cruises down the drainage on the in the field 
that I'm on the edge of. Um, then he crosses the drainage, goes down the other side of the drainage in the other field, and disappears at probably 110, 120 yards away from me. And I just kept wanting to, you know, turn back time and <laughs> and uh, try and, you know, have another shot opportunity. I just did, I did not feel good about it at all. Um, so I sat down. I called or I texted Don. Said, "Hey, just you know, just shot a buck, but wasn't a great shot. You know, let's. I, I do not want to spook him. Uh, the property we were in, we were in. Um, the last point I saw him, he was probably 50, 60 yards from a road. And once he crossed that road, he'd be on private. We wouldn't wouldn't be able to search unless we could track down the owner and get permission. So, um, and it was." I walked up the drainage to get in there, and that was my way out. <laughs> so I was pretty worried about kicking him out. But Don said, hey, you know, sit tight, let's wait. And then um, he brought up, hey, you should walk over to me, and we'll walk out together and avoid that drainage. When I was, you know, I was all worked up, I, it wasn't that wasn't even in the cards <laughs> in my head. So I was glad he brought that up. So I got down, got everything. I, yeah, I did shoot a squirrel with my bow that night before the buck came in, too. I forgot about that. <laughs> um, so I picked him up. With your bow, right? <laughs> yep, with my bow. Yep. <laughs> you know, you can't, couldn't pass up the opportunity. So that's the second time I've shot a squirrel and then a, a buck afterwards. So. And they're both traveling. It's good they're luck. Both, but. And they're both traveling bow camps, too. Yep, yep. <laughs> you just got to break the seal, I think. Um <laughs> One second, Coach. We gotta fill in our viewers for who might not know, but our traveling UP bow camp is named Camp Gutshot, um, both for turkey bean chili and for um, some less than desirable shots placed on deer. (laughs) And me and Cody have gotten pretty good at tracking together uh, in in those kind of situations. So. I just wanted that backstory to be out there before we get into any further things. And and also wanted um, the viewers to know that that tree you found was, or the tree that you hunted out of was one hell of a, a tree that was picked out. <laughs> it was. It was. Yes, when you're scouting that corner, you, you thought that tree would be the best. And it was. It worked, it worked out perfect. So, um, yeah, no, it was. So, yeah. Wasn't feeling too good. Packed up all my stuff. Walked over to Don. It's starting to get almost dark out. It's kind of last last light. Well, yeah, pretty much dark. Um, then yeah, ended up shooting a raccoon. I mean, right in front of Don's spot while he's packing up. I'm sitting in my tree stand and it's getting dark out, and I hear footsteps, and I'm getting excited, you know. And it's they're getting closer and closer, and I I just can't make out anything. This thing's less than twenty yards away. They come right down, right down the ridge, the the draw that comes down from the high this high ridge into the cornfield so i'm thinking there's deer trails all over i'm thinking oh here here we go never saw anything they go past me into the corn i'm like huh well 
that kind of sucked. And then see Cody's flashlight coming down the edge of the field towards me from his spot. And so I started getting everything down. And then and Cody, <laughs> Cody gets over in the corner of the field and he goes into full on like ninja hunting mode. <laughs> like, what the heck is he doing? You know? And I'm watching this guy from my tree stand with, <laughs> with his headlamp on and he, he knocks an arrow and pulls his arrow back. And I, I see him shoot. Couldn't pass it up. It was a good night. <laughs> Couldn't pass it up. Freaking baby. Yeah, a lot of arrows by the end of it. So. <laughs> uh, it was good. But yeah, I met up with you and we kind of, you know, talked about it, replayed it, and then uh, ended up walking out to the road. We hopped in the truck. We did a slow roll um, down the road that, that he was running towards with the flashlight out, looking, checking for blood, um, you know, trying to see if we could tell if he had crossed or not, and we, we didn't see any sign that he had. So we got farther down the road where we wouldn't wouldn't freak him out, and we had to turn on some Fred Bear um, to, to celebrate the first well, shot. The victory tunes. Yep, yep. <laughs> I was still having mixed emotions, but that helped. Um, yeah, and then, well, and then we got back, and that's when, really, I, I had no idea the whole time that, that we had a storm coming in. Maybe maybe some of you guys had seen it before that, but Don and I, I think we were driving back, and we checked the weather, and we are supposed to get four inches of snow that night. So this arrow didn't pass through all the way through this deer. It's high. It's not going to be bleeding much out of the entrance hole that's plugged by an arrow, at least as far as I could see him run. Um, and any, you know, any of the little droplets he might have left are, are going to be under four inches of snow. So we were, I was freaking out <laughs> and trying to decide, you know, do we, do we wait? Do we try to go in? Russ, you know, was saying, Hey, I think we should, <laughs> I think we should try to get in there and get on him. Um, but from experience, you know, we like Don said, we we've definitely got experience tracking deer that uh, have subpar shots, and we've seen where they get jumped and go a long ways. Luckily, we've had really good success with finding them. Um, but we decided on this one: let's just stay the heck out of there. We'll body search in the morning with the snow, and uh, you know, let's just not not bump them onto private and not bump them because. Otherwise, we're going to have no blood trail and have no clue <laughs> where it might be. So that was a, a long, yeah, sleepless night. You were in a chair, weren't you? Or yeah, I, I was. I slept in a chair every night. There. <laughs> I thought, no, Brian would at least give up his bed so you get some rest huh. find that, dude. I think we all <laughs> offered him a place to sleep, but he's like, nope, nope, I'm good right here. You know, he even had a cot. So he, he just wanted to rough it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that, that cabin was was pretty packed to the gills. I didn't feel like, pretty, yeah, well, setting up a cot and tearing it down every night or we wouldn't have been able to walk anywhere in there. Well, we could have snuggled on the couch, you know that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get an invite for that. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't quite there, Cody. You're, you're getting cold, but we're quite there yet. <laughs> uh, well, you stick this buck. We're not 
not feeling great about the shot. We didn't um, weren't filming at the time, so we couldn't couldn't watch or anything like that. And uh, we got a storm coming in, so it's, we're we're kind of in a, a rock between a rock and a hard place here. But we're back at the cabin. We're all pumped up because Cody's got the first arrow of the trip released, and we have lots of beer to calm his nerves. So we wait overnight. Russ, Dad, um, myself, and Cody are going to decide we're going to get out there, you know, after light so we can see good. Um, and we're going to find his buck. And Ryan and Tone, after that storm went through, um, they're going to go hunting. So next day, take it away, Cody. <laughs> so yeah we got in there um parked a little closer to basically right where he would have crossed if he had crossed the road we start hiking in there and there's about four inches of snow on the ground it's exactly what we're kind of worried about um i think don you and your dad went uh kind of stayed at the bottom of the ravine where i thought he had ran to and then russ and i walked up and um went started at the at the tree where I shot him and I tried to kind of follow his path and get to the point where, you know, where, he, where I last saw him basically. Um, so we ended up meeting you guys kind of at that, at that location. And so we decided, all right, you know, so-and-so is going to go here. So-and-so is going to go here. We're going to search. And, uh, so we start and I don't know, it was probably two minutes maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was five minutes and then, Okay. And I was all worried, and yeah, yeah. And then Russ, Eagle Eye Russ, <laughs> we yeah. found him right away. So right along the top of that drainage, that little screen there, and up on top there was a some deadfall there. And Cody, you were kind of in front of me and off to the left a little bit. You were looking up in there. Get a little time before the road, so we were just just started getting started with sort of our circles, really. And I, I I went in sort of behind you, and I went right along the edge of that where you said that deer went up. And I looked over there, and he, he had his head right back, and I seen three times, and I went. And I, and I didn't even think or wouldn't do it in cover. Is, you were... You were worked up enough. I didn't need to mess with you. I'm like, Cody, he's right here. <laughs> I didn't even like mess with you. I'm just like, he's right here. <laughs> Cody was already sweating blood at that time. <laughs> oh yeah, this is not a good time in my life. There was a there was a thunderous crash as small saplings were being ran over and brush was going sideways and snow was flying and and here comes this six foot four tall teeth. All teeth with a big smile. <laughs> well, he yelled it out, and I was like, "No way, no way, he's screwing with me." You know, some stick or something. And yeah, it was perfect. And yeah, he he literally he went probably less than twenty yards from where I last last saw him. So he went right to that edge of the ravine where he could look down and kind of watch. Well, actually, he turned around and had his rack wrapped right along the. Mm-hmm 
right on that sapling. So it was like he, he was heading back up to the ravine, and then he was looking back on his trail to see if anybody followed him. Yep. So I, He was facing exactly where he, he ran from with his back to the road. It was perfect. <laughs> yep. So he had to, yeah, dig him out of the snow <laughs> about. All I remember is, like, feet off the ground. I didn't know where I was for a minute. I was in this monster embrace, and <laughs> he was, he was pretty, pretty jacked up, so I was sure glad to be able to find him. That was awesome. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I mean, it really was a, it was a team effort, you know. From Don helping me pick out the spot, Russ finding the deer, and all of us talking about, you know, how to approach this, and what do we do? Do we go in? Do we wait? Um, so it was, it was, it just made it even cooler with it being a trip like that. And, uh, yeah, the arrow was still sticking out of him. He never, ever snapped it off or knocked it out. So we could see exactly kind of where it went in and everything. And it, it was high, but it went through and hit one lung. Um, we gutted him a little, yeah, back by the road and, um, got him on the truck, took him home and, uh, yeah, we ended up hanging him right from the deck at the rental cabin and, butchered them out <laughs> it was pretty great it was great and that that's one of those uh scenarios that we actually you know pressed all the right buttons there from the moment you shot until we found him we and we did it right and, and it wasn't rocket science you know um instead of walking back down that drainage where you came from um to leave that woods you went around and away from the deer because um, if you would have walked through there that shot being a little high and a little back or quartering back I guess it was like one lung liver gut kind of shot um, would have jumped that deer and who knows where he would have went from there and uh, you know, we avoided that and then gave him the time he needed gut shot you know 8 to 12 hours at worst you know worst case scenarios that's what it, we were thinking um and then to come back in the morning, full light, even knowing that it was going to snow, um, if we would have, you know, took off four, six hours, because it started snowing, you know, nine o'clock at night or, or whatever it was that night, maybe not even. Yeah, it was pretty quick. It was pretty quick after you shot yeah. it. After we got out of the woods, it started snowing. Um, so instead of, you know, getting all antsy and thinking, we got to find this deer before, um, just leave them lay. When you know they're they're hit back like that, you usually make one or two beds and around a hundred yards away. And if you don't push them, that's where they're going to be on um, the next day. So knowing that, we left them overnight. Came back well, we could see very you know very well, and um, we ended up finding them like like said less than five minutes into looking after getting to the tree and and walking where. Cody saw him, and that buck was right there. You know, he didn't want to cross that road. He found a blowdown. He backed up against it and bedded down, and, and that's where he died. So um, in that case, we, we played it perfectly for once, and hopefully if there's anything our listeners can take away is just is that scenario, just, you know, be patient. Um, don't get too worked up about your shot because they're lethal shots. You just got to let them give them time and let them do – um, let them expire. So, I guess with that, Cody, what were the specs on that buck? It was a dandy. <laughs> I don't know. He was an eight point. 
Um, we aged them at three and a half off of tooth wear. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's, he's a great buck for me. I mean, he's, he's definitely not as big as some three-year-olds get in Wisconsin. Um, but he was, ex- I mean, if I had to think of a buck that I was going there to try to get, I mean, I kept describing that kind of buck to you, you know, before we went down and, and he was, he was it. It was perfect. Oh yeah, I wouldn't have been happier if I. Sh- I mean, if I shot anything bigger, it wouldn't have made me much happier. <laughs> yeah, he was just kind of the perfect, like just a good, solid buck to to go out of state and you know try to make it happen. So it was very cool. Yeah, our first out of state trip to walk into a piece that we just scouted out. You know, besides aerials and, and onyx. Um, the quick morning. walk through that morning and then come back and kill in the afternoon. That's kind of how you, you dream it up, you know. And yeah, it's, it's not an inches buck, but it was a solid three and a half year old buck in Wisconsin. And that thing um, had the fattest ass on it, deer I've ever seen. <laughs> no, there was a lot of stakes in that thing too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was he was living good. He has a couple uh, like bot fly holes in his horns. One of his horns is kind of bladed out, and they're they're both very different. He's got a lot of character, a lot of mass, lots of mass. Yeah, yep, it's heavy. And your your biggest bow buck ever, correct? Yeah, yep, absolutely. So awesome! So that's day five, and we got our first buck on the ground in Wisconsin. Brian and Tony, do you have any um, eventful sits that night? Um, that night, no. I think our eventfulness pretty much ended, um, except for the very last night. Uh, we tried a totally different spot um, that you guys re- originally liked, but you never went to. Um, but Tony and I tried it out, and I ended up seeing three small deer, maybe a, two button bucks and a doe fawn or something, but Tony got into the chips, man. He was... Hey, hey. You're jumping like three days ahead here, man. <laughs> well, I thought this was like the last day, isn't it? No, we're on day oh, two. No. Oh. Well, the next couple of days for us was a struggle, man. We didn't didn't see much. Um, I ended up trying Whoa. that one grassy field that Russ seen a, um, a nice buck at, and I didn't see much. Um, so, yeah, I was in the poop for <laughs> for a little while there. Yeah, I went, I went to a spot. Well, these are slowing down too as far as deer movement, but I went down where you, you hunted, um, when Cody shot his deer. Oh man, was that ever a cold night? It was a great spot. The, the neat thing about that night though, I was second to last night of hunting. Um, I ran, I got, I got down to the road. It's dark. I'm walking out with my headlight. I get to the road and uh, this pickup slows down and, and rolls his window down. And I'm like, oh, boy, here we go, you know. And because that's what happens a lot of times around here. And he's like, hey, uh, how how's you enjoying your hunting? How's it going? And uh, come to find out, he was, this was private land that the public could hunt on. And he was a brother to the owner. And he was... He was hunting on his brother's private property up farther, but he was just curious. I think he saw our tracks from the day before in the snow, and he says, yeah, did you guys get something in here? You got anybody else hunting in here? And I'm like, yeah, you know, we got a nice eight-point out of here. And he's like, 
I just, that is awesome. He was so excited that we shot a deer out of here, and he was wondering what it was. And he's like, I just like to keep track, you know, see what's going on with deer movement and everything. But it was it was a really great conversation. He wished us well, safe trip home. It was a really good experience. So I was I was a little nervous at first, but it turned out to be a really, really good deal. <laughs> so, yeah, so day six after Cody killed, we all went excited um ryan said you know ryan and tone were trying to get after that big one he saw a few days before and didn't see anything um i sat back where russ saw that nice buck on those hay fields and i it started was that was a night it started snowing too and saw a couple fawns and ran into another guy came and sat right next to where i was sitting so then and then that was pretty much it much it for uh Day six, I think maybe Dad right. I think he might have actually saw his first buck of the trip that night, a spike or something like that. Yeah. Um, yep. So day six came and went, pretty uneventful. Cody, Cody filmed me. Um, no, he didn't. Cody was cutting no. his deer. I, I was cutting up my deer with your dad all, yeah. Oh, yeah. all day and night. Yeah. Shooting up and cutting up deer. The, the it, was, it was a great day. <laughs> I, I was not, uh, yeah, not too upset that I wasn't sitting in a tree stand freezing my ass off that day. It was nice yeah, to have a break. That night was cold, wet and snowing. It was nasty that night for sure. Yep. So now uh, there was a monster full moon that night, wasn't there? I think it calmed right down at dark. It kind of snowed and was crappy, but didn't it? It did calm one, down at dark like that, it yeah. calmed down at dark, yeah, but like that, that what was it, like 4 o'clock to dark, that couple hours before dark, it was just gross. <laughs> yeah, the bowl was wet, the camera was wet, I was trying Everything to... Everything was wet, yep. <laughs> wet and cold, but you gotta have those trips, that makes them, that's another thing that makes them memorable, is you remember those more than the bluebird days. <laughs> <laughs> but so we're getting to the end of the week you know we just had that snow come in and it's cold you know teens 20s but after that wet snow comes through the it's the high 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 uh how am i thinking of here high wet high pressure system coming through blue skies cold you know deer moving time we're getting to that november 6th i believe or the 7th um and we're all getting, you know, we've had a couple slow days, which can occur that time of year. Um, if you're not on a chasing buck, they might already be locked down by then or, or what have you. So, like Russ said, um, we went back to the killing tree, me and Cody. Cody was filming me, and Russ sat in the spot I sat in. And um, Ryan and Tone, I believe, were still hunting that private property. And... Um, Dad and I don't know, Dad was where was Dad? He's at the Daddy fingers, went, right? He kept going back to that finger spot. Did Did he go up there? Okay, yeah, yeah sure. The three of us kind of cuddled up in the pickup night or something. Or it was I'm starting to lose track here. Wasn't? Yeah, I think that's what happened. Is is Dad went by himself out to that spot? Russ, you went with me and Cody back to that private property. And yeah. me and Cody actually, we saw a really nice buck that night. And, you know, we were doing the, the same strategy we had all week, but that thing was right before dark. He cruised up right. uh, 
instead of the field that Cody shot his out of, he came into the, the field behind us, cruised up that same ravine um, just on the other side. And it's a steep ravine. I mean, it's straight up and down, and it's it's narrow. And it we grunted and, and snort wheezed at him. He was probably a solid 10-pointer. Um, yeah, he was a nice 10. A nice buck. Um, and he did, he stopped, he listened, but he just cruised on through and, and went straight up that, that big bluff that dropped down into that field. And I think for the most part, that was everybody's day seven, you know. Or seventh or sixth night, whatever, you know, how all the math. I think, I think that's the seventh because there's one more night, I think. One more night, right? Yeah, the last night, um, Tony and I switched spots. Uh, we were hunting a spot closer to town. It was not a rifle spot, but it was archery only. Um, so we tried that. We pulled in. We had a Michigan guy pulling right behind us. Uh, said he was hunting on the other side of the same property, um, and his friend had killed a 10-pointer um, a night or two before and then he had showed us a picture of right where we parked a dandy buck ran out of there chasing a doe um the very night prior uh, so tony and i got pretty excited um so we went in there there was it opened up it was a huge grassy flatland area with um a creek running through it where it kind of thickened up and it went right up next to the road so I told Tony to head down towards the water. I went a different direction. Um, that's where I had seen three deer, a couple button bucks, and a doe fawn. Um, but like I said a few minutes ago, Tony was in the chips, man. He got in there. He couldn't even get his camera set up. He was on the ground. And the dude was slinging arrows all over the place in there. Um, he had a couple really good, or really good close encounters. Um, big chocolate rack eight pointer or something that he had fired an arrow at that he couldn't get it to stop. Um, missed that one. And, uh, it was like a few minutes later, there was another dandy buck in there that he slung an arrow at that I think he, he either shot over top of it or underneath it. I think it went underneath cause it was kind of getting, o- getting away from him as far as distance goes. Um, so he had a, a really, really good last night. Um, like I said, just firing arrows all over the woods, and we met back at the vehicles and had a few good laughs over that one. Yeah, so, and then besides, you know, um, Dad, we all had encounters with bucks that, you know, would have made made our seasons, would have probably been some of the biggest bucks we've ever been able to see or shoot. Absolutely. You know, going in blind to a place we've never been to um besides a a scouting mission and e-scouting and we had one heck of a week and you know we hunted hard but we didn't even we didn't just you know besides you and tone um daylight to dark not not even you know so um you couldn't ask for anything more out of out of state and russ um you and dad hunted together that last night i believe correct yeah, I, I went back all the way back into that. I still had that I still had that eight pointer on my mind yet, so I went way back into that field again and and sat down along that fence line to that CRP, kinda hoping for something to come out. But um you know, wasn't wasn't meant to be, but on the way out I, there, of course you're getting closer to the weekend, you know, all of a sudden 
this I saw this hunter walk across the ridge and he sat down sort of about about 200 yards away from me and then come dusk I I walked out towards dark you know it's the last night and he he kind of I waited for him he was walking out too and he that's where I learned about how the corn was here all the time and he knew the owner and and uh it was kind of funny because he said I said yeah I'm hunting over here on the CRP and he's like well he's like well you know what that's private over there and I went well yeah and so is the same spot you're sitting because he he was sitting along the edge of the field and from there on was private you know so he was doing the same thing I was but it was kind of funny how he was telling me I was you know sort of I gotta be careful <laughs> and uh I got he, was, he was telling you you're hunting on private but you weren't because you knew you know from yeah. and everything you weren't on private but right he was that, that, trying to yeah he's, yeah he was just trying to politely say <laughs> yeah he was trying to make me nervous that I was hunting in the wrong spot but it was kind of funny because if he was sitting in the woods on the end of the field just like I was on the side of that field, he's doing the same thing I was. He he was sitting on private land too, so I just kind of chuckled and made that comment, and then he got kind of quiet, and it was kind of funny. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, you know, no deer on the end of it. But I was I was just riding high on the. I heard the coyotes that night. I heard you know just all kinds of different stuff and. And uh, see that full moon out there, and it was it was pretty cool. So I guess that leads us to Cody and I's uh, last sit together. Mm-hmm. We went back to the killing tree, and that same same spot, Cody got his, and man, it was a slow sit. We we got in there plenty early, and it was it was freezing that night. I even took some of my layers that aren't hut layers and, and put them on underneath just to try to stay warm we got in there pretty early and nice i mean it's a gorgeous day but it was cold and we sat there and there wasn't anything moving and it was getting to be that time where you're just starting to think well i guess this is you know this is the end this is our end of our trip we're not going to see anything the last day but it, you know it's been a great week and Cody and I are sitting there, and um, a six-four and a six-foot guy in this little tree and on the edge of a field probably looked kind of funny, but this this doe just out of nowhere in the corn just comes busting out right in front of us, and she runs right right through the corner of the field and up up the bluff, and she's looking back, and then we hear in the corn we hear grunting, we're bat bat, we're like oh gosh, you know here we go. <laughs> and Cody, Cody turns, gets the camera turned on. He's filming me, and I get my bow and barely get turned around. And here comes this buck, and it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, he's a tweener, you know. If it was the beginning of the week, you wouldn't shoot him. If it's the last day, and, and you want to put something down on the ground and bring meat home, he's he's a shooter all day, you know, on that day. So this, he comes out of the corn and. He's bar, bar, he's on this doe. Doe takes off up the bluff, and he, he kind of disappears back into the corn. He must have, you know, seen us sticking out in that tree or something was going on. And 
Cody says he's an eight point, you know, he's a good buck. <laughs> so that's all I needed to hear from Cody to, to, to get in kill mode. And you can hear him grunting in the corn and he's, you can't see him, but you know, he's there. So we're, we're waiting where it felt like forever, you know, we're waiting for him just to turn and go away and be like, you know what, that doe's not worth it. But he comes, he comes walking out and, um, comes walking out the edge of the corn. He's about, like Cody said, edge of the corn's 30 yards. He was, he was in front of that a little bit and he's walking and I was just about to mouth grunt him to stop and he stopped on his own. So I put my pin on his, on his chest and let it fly and it's, you know, you hear that arrow hit, sounds like it hits bone and he turns, he turns tail and runs back into the corn, tail down, just booking it. You can see the corn moving and all of a sudden, you know, it's silent. <laughs> Cody. We were pumped at that point, eh? <laughs> we were pretty pumped. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was, it was the last hour of the last day, you know. It was, and he was chasing the doe, and he disappeared and showed back up. And I mean, we just couldn't believe it worked out like it did. Right? Yeah. Like I said, it was it was the last minutes of the last day, and to have him come out chasing a doe, that rut action you always dream about, kind of thing, and happen that quick, and. uh yeah, I mean, I don't know. It was just one of those moments that I'm not, I'm not gonna forget. So, um, so we shoot the buck. Um, we think it's a good shot. We review the footage and it looks good. We send it out to the crew and everybody's pumped, you know, sending the text message. Good job. Everybody's, everybody's excited. The last day and we potentially have another buck on the ground. So we decide, you know, we, me and Cody would be, we got down and tracked them a little ways into the corn, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we did. We kind of thought we heard something towards the other end of the field when we were in there. And so we were kind of like, and I think you were, you know, being a little more cautious and like, hey, let's just get out of here. Let's give him some time. Um, and the arrow only went halfway through him, too, and it backed out, ended up figuring out, and we were using the same broadheads for the first time, and neither of us got a pass through, so that was something that we're going to be keeping in mind <laughs> in the future, for sure. Exactly. Yeah, I was like, what the hell is going on? Especially, your, I mean, yours is just a straight broadside, nice hit. Mine was a little high, but it's still don't think it should have stopped but uh but yeah so we said ah let's let's go get dinner with everybody Yep. so yeah we decided we tracked him in for about i don't know maybe 30 yards and we didn't we didn't see him you know he didn't obviously fall there and we had good blood but you know it's always better to back out and wait so we went into town and went to the bar and grabbed a bite to eat and and we all got got lights and and came back out later, and I'm going to let somebody else tell the tracking story because I think I was just following everybody at that point. You pretty much were, I think. Um, I think Russ was kind of leading the charge, but you know, we we walked through the corn thinking we would find a body, uh, and we didn't. Then uh, we got to the other side of the corn and, and kept searching and searching and. Um, you know, we were on blood the whole way. I, I, from what I recall, we never lost blood. He just went further than we anticipated. And then we got into like this big drainage, I believe it was huge rocks and a steep slope on the other side. And you can see where he attempted to get up onto that trail to get up on that high side of that drainage. 
So a couple of us jumped the other side and, and checked, and uh, we didn't see any blood or tracks. And then, was it? So, right. I'm going to jump in here quick. Um, we all tracked through the corn here, and Dad, being the, the guy who likes to cut ahead and <laughs> try to find it, tracking this deer through the corn. And yeah. it, it, it's not, it's, we're fine and steady, but it's not like we're just walking, right? And we're like, man. We're, this thing should be dead here. We're getting to the end of the corn, and, and Dad out ahead of scrub blood going into the woods there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> so then, like Ryan saying, we get you know into the woods and up that draw, and we're like, God dang, this you know this deer's a what? What guys? Three hundred yards, probably. A long ways, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but but bleeding steadily. Yeah, bleeding steadily. So it's, it's pink. Or bright red, you know, it's lung blood. There's bubbles in it. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, before we got into that steep drainage that he that we found him in, um, we went up, like, a pretty steep ridge before that. You know, went up and over the first one and then got into that drainage that had a little rock slide at the bottom. But, I mean, he had already... Not only did he run straight and downhill, you know, across the cornfield, but he he scaled the first ridge pretty easy. <laughs> it looked like, right? Yeah, he must have been just on a dead run. But then after we crawled into that drainage and started going up the other side, because he was on a, a deer trail at that point, and we're not finding blood crossing the drainage, and I think Dad and Tony and and Russ were down below on the other side of the drainage and me and Cody and or Russ was up ahead of us maybe. I crawled up I crawled up the backside and went all the way up on top and I think Ryan and I were up there and we're like yeah. no blood here guys. No blood, right. no tracks, nothing. Yeah, because the blood went halfway up the ridge and then just disappeared. disappeared. <laughs> it's yeah. like what where did you go? Cody and Dad are standing in the drainage like on the other side and me and Cody are kind of on the hill going up the drainage and then uh <laughs> i'm looking back at cody because he's standing right at last blood and i'm like what's all that blood on that rock next to cody and this blood this rock just covered and then, then we kind of looking there and i look kind of down in the drainage and he was laying there he 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 <laughs> tried to climb that steep drainage and he couldn't make her and he, he went ass over tea kettle back down into the into the drainage and was dead right there and we had our second buck of the trip down on the ground, and the whole crew was there, and lots of high fives and good footage, and just that whole camaraderie of the whole the, the camp all taking place in a track job on the last day. It was it was a pretty special moment for me, and um, not my biggest buck, but he was a he was a nice eight pointer for a young deer on the last day, and it was just a cool hunt and the, the whole experience that just. It just brought it all together right there, that that moment, and something like I said before. I'm not gonna ever forget that that trip with you guys, and it was a lot of fun and um, a lot of memories and good times and um, good steaks in the freezer too. Yeah, I agree. It was, it was an experience, you know, just on that different type of terrain and just just challenge yourself a little bit. Get out there and. And hit some new ground, you know, and just I came home and uh, started to hunt again towards the tail end, and then leading into gun season, it was kind of boring. Just 
walking from the road into a flat piece of ground to the tree. (laughs) (laughs) So, sum it up. What we had seven or eight days in the woods in Wisconsin. Um, Two bucks went home to the UP and a lot of memories made and great encounters that I know will keep us in the woods and looking to head out of state in the future, I'm sure, in years to come here. Um, just a great week. Um, something anybody can do. We're, we're not by, by any means like pros or not even close. We're, I don't even know if we call semi pros, but. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> not even close. We all love chasing those white tails, and we're looking to try something different and and um, get a deer camp experience. And we found it in Wisconsin, and had you know one of the the best hunting you know getaways that we could ask for. And it just came together. It was cheap. It was fairly easy to pull together. Um, just something we planned you know for a little while, but. You know, it wasn't it wasn't crazy. We could it was just just all came together right, I guess, for us. And um, if it can happen for us, it can happen to anybody out there. Um, that's for sure. So, well, I guess we'll go around. I want to get everybody's last impressions of Wisconsin and and what you're looking forward to in the future. If you want to go back or um, try something different, but. Let's go around the horn here and give some final thoughts here, and we'll we'll tie this baby up in a bow for Wisconsin. <laughs> uh, I'll go first. Um, I I absolutely loved it. Um, I would go back in a heartbeat. Um, I would also entertain the thoughts of trying to lease property there. Just the sheer difference of the terrain, the challenge that it presented. Um, Russ hit it on the head just a minute ago, saying when you get back. And to where we hunt, we're just all flat. You get out of your truck, you walk a, a little ways, and you're up in your tree stand. I'm not saying it's not fun because I love it, but the sheer challenge of backpacking in with all your equipment on your back, scaling bluffs that are just ginormous, um, and to get to the top and to be successful by finding sign, scouting the area, looking at maps, and, and then presenting yourself with an opportunity at some really really nice deer and, and in my case the, the biggest deer i've ever seen on the hoof um in the wild i would totally go back in a second i love wisconsin um i've mentioned it to my wife maybe we should uh move there one day but that's probably not gonna happen um but overall i would totally go back and do it again and it was a really enjoyable experience i think every hunter should try and do one day I'll go next. Okay, so Ryan, you're you guys are all on the on the younger side. I'll I'll give you the uh, opinion of the of the older gentleman, the more mature. Elder statesman. Long in the tooth. If I had to recommend, um, I of course absolutely love the experience too, and just see that kind of country, and I learned a ton. And I think a guy wouldn't just want to settle in on just one-time experience. You always should go back. But what I, my advice would be and what I would try to do on the next trip if I were to go, I would find 
there's there's so many different kinds of land. Like Ryan, you mentioned the big bluffs, and and then there's the swamps, and then there's like you know the benches, and there's so for an older gentleman that needed maybe just a little bit of relief because he's not going to be going up a mile up on a forty percent grade. Find that land and contours. Use those onyx maps, those topo maps. Find land that is a little bit more, you know, um, physically not as demanding. And I thought learning on all this experience that those benches that are about halfway from a tall ridge line leading to a swamp that level out that they plant some corn on and find some crops, those deer. They, they just tend to want to go up into the into the timber, but they come down and want to feed down on these benches. And if they're threatened or pushed, they'll go into that security cover in the swamp. So it's sort of a stair-step effect. You know, you can find some land that, that'll be a little bit easier on an older gentleman like myself. Yeah, Russ, that, that's a cute point. I think, I think you kind of nailed how, I mean, we were there a week and with hunting in totally different terrain from the mm-hmm. flat enders that we are, um, and I think you kind of nailed the movement acts aspects in a nutshell. Um, so props to you for figuring all that out on the fly, never seeing it. And uh, like you said, when you go back more and more, you're only going to figure more and more things out. So you got to give you got to give an area a chance. I mean, you can, you know, you can you can give it a shot and you can go at it and you can, but really the whole time I was in those tree stands, I was really occupying my time, just trying to dial in it, you know, and it'd be nice to go, go back and then apply, you know, you just get better and better, more experienced, you know, and I'm not saying killing deer. I'm just saying seeing deer, you know, or just, just get into that chess match. You know, that's, uh, that's the fun of it. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it was, it was an awesome experience. I mean, I really appreciated you guys kind of welcoming me in on a, a family trip. You know, all you guys are, are related. Um, so I was kind of the outsider, but I had a, I had a great time. You guys made me feel so welcome. Um, and it, it was cool. I mean, like Don getting your buck the last day and having everybody out there helping recover it. I mean, that just was so cool having everybody come together. Um, I would definitely, I mean, I'd, I'd love to go back um, for sure, you know, getting to do that weekend scouting trip before and then now getting to actually spend you know, eight days there hunting. I mean, you're, you're definitely, I mean, you're picking up stuff every time you go out in the woods. Um, and I think a lot of this, you know, learning how to use elevation has been pretty cool to be able to bring that back home. You know, once once we were looking at going out to Wisconsin and, and afterwards, I started looking at places closer to home that do have elevation. You know, a lot of the, the East UP up here is flat as a pancake. There's <laughs> there's no benches, there's no saddles, there's no ridges. You know, I, for the most part, it's just, it's you're keen into a lot of different things like cover type changes um where if you get in more into the western up you've got some more elevation some more country that is kind of similar to southwest wisconsin but on a, a much smaller scale and usually without the egg so um definitely i mean you're bringing things home you're learning stuff i would love to go back and i think it'll 
going last year was kind of a nice stepping stone, stone or um, kind of a, a trial <laughs> out of state, do it yourself hunt um, for hopefully me, Don, and, and Coulter are going to be going out uh, to Wyoming this year and mule deer hunting. So, you know, we're, with us getting ready and hiking these big ridges and, and just kind of showing up and trying to read sign and get in the right places, I think that's definitely going to help us and packing and, and meal prep and everything else for, uh, for a long trip like this. I think that's going to help us with going even farther and into even more <laughs> new country for us. Yeah, and we all kind of mentioned that intimidation factor, trying something new and, and kind of going in blind more or less and then going on a week-long trip you know there's there's some there's some stuff that there's quite a bit of stuff that goes into it um i mean it wasn't anything that was rocket science but it does involve that that planning aspect and having a a cabin to stay at as opposed to staying in tents and a campground like we were first talking about definitely makes it a little easier (laughs) easier yeah yeah. but can you imagine 20 mile an hour winds at 10 degrees in the end. Four inches of snow. Four inches of snow on top. <laughs> I'm sure we would have had a different opinion about about going back. Absolutely. <laughs> but, and then bringing stuff like that home and, and learning it. Or where a ridge here might be a four foot elevation change instead of, you know, like... I don't know, a thousand feet or whatever. <laughs> those yeah. But there's still those lessons you can take from that and apply it um, to wherever you call home as well. So um, I think I kind of summed it up on how I felt on the trip for um, the recovery of my buck. I mean, that was just one of the, the cooler experiences I've ever had. And I used to, back when I lived in the Thumb, and I hunted a lot by myself and I kind of hated thinking I had to share a woods with somebody a couple hundred yards away and, and knowing that there's a lot more people, but um, I'm not even, I'm only in my now early 30s, but I, I, I love that camp experience and hunting with people more and more um, just because I've done it for so long by myself that I really kind of cherish those moments um, that we all got to spend together, and I think that's cool. So that was probably my favorite part of the trip was just to be able to have a deer camp experience, something me and Ryan um, never really grew up having. I mean, we hunted with Dad and each other, which was awesome, but having like a that the full-on camp experience is not something we, we grew up doing, so that was probably my favorite part of the trip. And, of course, you know, we got to do it again at some point or or somewhere else where we can all get together and chase something. So. I'd say one other cool thing that happened was uh, when we went to dinner before we recovered your buck, Don, we all tallied up all the bucks, does, and fawns that we'd seen throughout the, the eight days of hunting. And that was, that was pretty cool to see. I think if I remember right, we were somewhere around 29 bucks, 15 does, 14 fawns. Something like that, where it's almost a, I mean, a one to one bucks to does and fawns, or two to one bucks to does. You know, I mean, it was it was a pretty absurd ratio. Um, 
for what we're used to hunting in Michigan, where you might see, you know, 10 does or more for every buck you see. It was yep. complete opposite there, so. It was. I mean, none of us, all of us had four does tags in our pocket that were free when you buy your discounted buck tag, which is half off, right, because it was our first Wisconsin tag. Yeah. Right. That, was, that was crazy. Yeah, yeah, 80 bucks for an out-of-state hunt. I mean, and uh, and none of us shot a doe. I mean, I, I think the only opportunity I had was on that doe fawn that I passed up, which if you had been an adult, though, I would have pulled the trigger. But some of you saw a few more when you were closer to the fields, but it was... It was crazy. It was just <laughs> you've seen lots of lots of bucks, some young ones, you know, some little ones, some big ones. But it was just, yeah. When, when if you heard something coming through the woods, odds are it was going to be a buck. Going to be a buck. Right. Yeah. Just yeah. Not not at all what we're used to up here. No. No. I, yeah. That that was pretty crazy when we sat down and went through each day and what everybody saw. It came out pretty much a one-to-one ratio for bucks to, to does it's just that's nuts you know you don't think it can happen and on public land especially you know wisconsin's known for for nice bucks and um quite a bit of deer but to have that that kind of stuff happen on public land and and to go there for eighty dollars on a first-time license you know and it's only like 160 bucks um after that that's you can't, you can't beat it, you know. <laughs> you can't beat it, next, so. <laughs> Locals pay more than that in Ontario that are residents for a deer license. Uh, one buck. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's why, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, quite expensive. So if, uh, if any of those listeners out there are looking for a place to try, try it. I mean, can't go wrong. You're going to run into people. And you might not see fifty deer in a week, but it's it's it'll be an it'll be an experience you won't forget, and you're probably going to see something pretty decent. And the people treat you right. Yep, even yeah, you at the bars and stuff, we're all you know we're pretty excited, and I, I'm probably more obnoxious, but maybe borderline. And it, and it was it was fun and everybody appreciated it. and you tell them you're there hunting instead of getting pissed off like might happen in uh, a few local establishments around, <laughs> around around here you know it's more like hey what are you seeing how you doing you know um, so it's pretty it was pretty neat to see that but well anything else to add guys or is that Wisconsin 2019. That's it, right there. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully we'll all be able to get together again and, and do a trip like that in the future. Um, and until then, we'll keep chasing Michigan Michigan whitetails and turkeys here in a couple of weeks. So we'll probably be chatting at each other um, as that comes up. And hopefully the snow me and Cody got dealt with the last night and a half is gone sometime in the near future. <laughs> I hope so. I really don't want to wear my snow camo turkey hunting down. <laughs> I know. Oh. Oh. Maybe we'll have to just to say we did. <laughs> hey, I'm on my uh, third prepper's point for bear, so um, talk to me. How, am I be coming up and seeing you guys pretty soon? couple years yeah. and we all set. couple years? Man, I mean, I got to keep working out so I can go up there? Oh, okay. Bear hunting doesn't, doesn't require a whole lot of working hours. <laughs> so, 
Well, I hope so. <laughs> it sure takes long enough to get there, though. Gosh darn it. We'll get you on one. Don't worry about it. Should have started this a while back. <laughs> well, hey, Cody. I, 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 you know, just it was, a, it was an awesome experience. I think of you guys often. You know, some way, somehow, we're just going to have to come up with an excuse to get together again. And all the best to your family and and uh, enjoy enjoy this year. Enjoy hunting. <laughs> Thanks, Russ. No, I, I really appreciate it. We should definitely come up with something that we can all do together sometime soon. Sounds good. All right, guys. Um, I guess that'll be it for, for this episode of TKD Edwards Podcast, the 2019 um wisconsin bow deer season recap i hope you enjoyed it and maybe picked up a few uh tips and tricks and amongst the uh bs and stories that were told so thanks for hanging with us you're in the kill zone tkz outdoors